Free Reeling, your movie-watching podcast with uh, your two hosts that maybe are your friends. Who knows? I'm one of those hosts, uh, Jesse, and with me today is the other host that I feel like I'm about to have a big old angry discussion with but end up loving at the end of the movie. Uh, Matthew, say hi, Matthew. Hi. I don't know where I'm from, but I'm very hairy. <laughs> um, we're talking about the final movie in the Before Trilogy, Before Midnight. Um, directors Richard Linklater, writers Richard Linklater, Julie Depley. Why? Why can I never say her name right? I don't know. Matthew, you say her name. I don't know. It's uh, Julie Delpy and then... Ethan um, Hawke. The Northman's Ethan Hawke, yes. We're going to talk about the Northman at the end of this. Um, Yeah, we are. (laughs) It also starts Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy. Uh, I think I got it right. You said it, you said it, you said it, you said it. You you Um, said it, we're good. Yeah, this is the third in a trilogy of movies where two people talk to each other for an hour and a half. Um, Is this the longest one? Uh, I don't... It might be. It might be. Um, I'm opening up the IMDb's of the other two. Go, yeah, go go right ahead. Yep, it's, it's the I, longest one. Okay, well that's appropriate because this one felt the longest. Yeah, this. I think this one is. Um, I don't know, man. This one. Where, where should we start? Do you want to? Do you want to? You want to let it all out first, and then I'll go. Um. Well, I think we can probably. We're, we're probably gonna. We're probably gonna be. Um. For lack of a better expression we're probably going to be trading punches on this one that's fair i'll let you go um but uh so reba and i watched this um before our prior episode about the batman and both of us like as the credits started to roll on before midnight we looked at each other and we're like i don't like this (laughs) (laughs) and uh, this is in a viewing because I'd never seen this before, and I know on prior episodes I sort of made references to uh, my prior marriage because the Before Sunrise and Before Sunset films kind of meant a lot to me um, in terms of like I don't want to say grasping like the feelings but it made a it res those two films resonated with me in uh, a multitude of ways this one uh it resonated as well because i'm pretty sure there was some exact dialogue between uh my ex-wife and i verbatim that happened in this film uh in a way that like couple of times during our watch i pause this i'm like i'm pretty sure deanna said that to me at one point mm-hmm. and like reba's like are you gonna be okay mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm like i think so I, <laughs> I i i i don't know um and uh, i did go back and watch it again uh today uh, watched uh, the beginning of it on my commute and finished it off during my lunch break at work. And while I feel like uh, the first the first viewing definitely opened a lot of wounds that had kind of been possibly scarred over or just not quite not quite festering or infected, but just it, it a lot of things that I have slowly been trying to work through since my divorce. 
um, because that is not something that you just that just happens quickly. Um, but I have I have some clearer thoughts on it now, but I'll I'll I'll, I'll get to that uh, as the episode goes on. But Jesse, what was your impression? Um, my impression was that I like the movie, but I don't know if the movie's enjoyable. If that's the the right word. Not that that's also saying like I'm never gonna watch this again. It's like, dude, I can watch this entire trilogy tonight if I had the time. Like, oh yeah, the movies are enraptured, but they're it's very it's a, it's the most uncomfortable of the three. I think there's parts of two that are kind of uncomfortable, and there's parts mm-hmm. of one that are uncomfortable because you these people are so natural and you feel like you're peering into their lives. Um, mm-hmm. and, and this one is so raw in it's anger and it's, um, not dealing with anything that it feels really uncomfortable because it feels like I'm watching people in my own life dealing with things that I've watched them do in front of me before. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, this movie's uncomfortable, but in like, in a, in a way that's easily rewatchable. It's a very weird way to put that. Yeah, no, you're, I think you were, if, if I were to try and articulate something like that about this film, I think I would land just about where you're at. Um, and I think where, so, okay, let's, 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 let's get up to speed here. Yeah. So in the, in before sunrise, uh, Jesse and Celine meet, have a, you know, it's upsetting a wonder- that he shares my name. <laughs> I, you know, I don't know. Um, Jesse and Celine have a have a have a spur of the moment sort of impromptu overnight date in Vienna. Uh, they lose track after that night. They plan to meet, and then in the sequel, um, ten years have gone by. Jesse has written a, a novel based on that night, and um, Celine. Uh, sees that he is going to be doing a, an appearance at her local bookstore, so they so she's there that night, and they walk around Paris talking, uh, and sort of you know saying, "Hey, where you been these past ten years, or or whatever." Um, and you see the uh, you see the differences between the wide eyed uh, early twenties before sunset to the somewhat lived-in individuals of Before Sunrise. Or no, I'm sorry, the uh, the former is Before Sunrise, the latter is Before Sunset. Um, and then in this one, uh, it, it sort of follows the lead of the end of Before Sunset. Jesse and Celine have gotten together. And uh, at the end, in, in Before Sunset, Jesse was married with a four-year-old son. Uh, Jesse is now with Celine, and they are in uh, the, Pen- the Peloponnese coast of southern Greece. It be- opens with Jesse saying goodbye to his son, who was with them for his summer vacation. And it's it actually sort of goes for an emotional jugular, I think, with the way that with the way that um, uh, the conversation between Jesse and Henry goes. Now it's there, it's it's nothing super deep, 
in terms but of dialogue. It's, it's kind of the foundation of everything, though. Yeah, it 100% is. Uh, this reminded me of, of my own sort of experience. Um, not that, like, I remember my biological father saying goodbye to me after, like, visitations with my sister and I. Um, I, I don't remember looking at him and thinking he was thinking something deep. But it kind of gave me some empathy that, like, you know, this man had his children, had to sort of walk away from him for a time that was kind of, I don't I don't want to say out of his control, but it was something that he couldn't really argue with, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and it, if, if Ethan Hawke were any less of an actor this scene would not land at all and i think that he he for some reason i i have a heart and having watched the northman and i know we're going to talk about that later it's kind of hard for me to look at ethan hawk and just see the the divorced dad energy <laughs> but at the same because honestly in the northman he uh he has the same kind of energy <laughs> Which is weird. <laughs> like, is there the tone of these films could not be further apart. Um, but, uh, but if Ethan Hawke were less of an actor, this scene would not, this scene could easily be inconsequential in terms of where it is versus the rest of the film. But like you said, this is, it's foundational. It's, it, it's almost like lighting a fuse, even though, even though you don't really get what the what what the explosion is going to be on the bomb that this is lighting a fuse for, yeah, you know it's funny now that we're talking about. It, I, I didn't get to rewatch it before um, this episode because we had a shorter recording uh, break. Um, but the whole scenario to the dinner, basically, um, all the fun things that happened to that, like him becoming. Uh, 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 Frenchman or whatever Harry Frenchman mm-hmm. um, to stealing the apple from his kids and like them talking about how it's gonna traumatize them and stuff. All all these like small like things are at the time you're like, oh, this is just a cute family type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, all come back to be parts of the argument. Yeah, yeah, and and see, it. not maybe not directly referenced, but like the the concepts of them, the idea of like um, that this is your life becomes part of the argument and then at the very end they also just come back around to be like oh i guess we're in this loop now yeah 100 percent um and it's uh so having finished the having finished the film twice it was really hard i mean i think one in the postscript conversation that reba and i had um, I was kind of just reeling from a lot of the emotional wounds that have been reopened and we were talking about the end and, and she, she said, you know, it didn't matter what was going to happen in the last like 10 minutes. They weren't looping around that they, they weren't going to, they weren't going to end up, you know, where they had been in prior films. And it, I don't, I don't think I ultimately expected that it was just, yeah. it was, it was, it didn't make it easier to see. <laughs> 
<laughs> in a lot of ways because I mean, thinking, I mean, of course, you know, knowing that I was watching this for this podcast and thinking about our conversations prior and like how much you and I seem to be on the same page with these films. Um, I was genuine. I was genuinely worried about how this was going to, how this is going to go until I watched it a second time. Um, but I do, I'm going to go into just, just some thoughts now. Yeah. I, I don't kind really of, think we can like beat by beat this. Um, there's some movies that we do, but like, this is one, definitely one of those that we're not going to be beating by beating. We're no, just gonna I, I kind of I don't feel think, it out. I don't think these, I don't think any of these films sort of go, go that well because we could sit here and say, well then Jesse says this and Celine says this, but ultimately I think it's kind of these films are, are, best experienced rather than talked about um like most films but you know i think that this is the first time where we see i don't want to say jesse is like the mature one um but it seems like I think at, at times both of them flip-flop between two different types, right? Yeah. Um, they flip-flop between rea- real, like being really like, this is our reality here, mm-hmm. and wanting what they had that first time they met. Yes. And, I don't, is... and I don't think either one of them sticks to that for very long. And they both end up being like, I guess we just want what we had. Right. And, and well, like, in the... In the... <laughs> I got really frustrated both times watching this because this is ultimately turns into the there, there's so much of this that exists in the argument like women are from Venus men are from Mars sort of thing to at least that's how it rang to me but over the course of uh, of these two just sort of hashing out the, their differences of point of view as to where they're at versus where they where they could be, where they where they want to go, where they don't want to go, it seems like it seems to me. I don't. I, I know I said Jesse is the more mature one. I, I don't know if that's the correct way to say this, but it seems to me he's the one that is most malleable in terms of letting the tide of time sort of wash up on his shore, and for the most part, it. It's, like Julie Delpy is she's still the same. She still has the same like anger that she had in before sunset. Yeah. But she is also like, she's also exasperated by, uh, her, her job. I think she's exasperated by having, having had children now. I also think she's exasperated by uh, dealing with Jesse's son every twice a year, every year, because that's that's. She's exasperated by dealing with Jesse's ex-wife. Yes, and that that's another thing. <clears throat> but also, it, I also think that like, I also think that she's using all of her own exasperation as sort of a as sort of a cudgel to just beat Jesse with. Yeah. In in now to be fair, 
I do get the I do get her point of view. I I do get I mean and I'm not saying I'm not saying I understand it and I've been there, but like I empathize with that because these were the discussions that my ex-wife and I had a lot about because we we got married when we were 26. We were uh and that was in 2007. We divorced in 2016, or at least it was finalized in 2016. Um, we had been, uh, by that time, we had been separated and, and living separately for either just over a year or almost a year. <clears throat> and we are going through our mid and late 20s into our mid 30s. Like just thinking that we were just exasper- we were both just exhausted and frustrated going, this can't be all it is. And we weren't necessarily talking about each other a lot of that time because I think ultimately Deanna and I were kind of on the same side until, um, until some choices were made along the way. Uh, I'm not really going to go into that cause I don't really think this is the venue for it. Um, and I think I feel a lot of that in both Jesse and Celine. Yeah. And while I think in my in 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 thinking about myself, how I would idealize the way that I thought about things, I would I would idealize myself to sort of think and react like Jesse. Um both the the problematic ways that he reacts as well as the compassionate ways he he reacts because I did say a lot of the same things he says as well and I don't think either of those things are I don't think either um I don't think either point of view here is I don't want to say correct but I I because I, both are valid I also think that Jesse and Celine aren't doing much to help each other yeah like and there's a there's a brilliant moment uh, at the dinner where uh, the the host of the dinner, Patrick, is talking about his wife. And he's talking, or, or I think, well, I don't, were they, were they, was, he's talking about his wife, or, well, anyway, partner for a very long time. They were always two separate people and they preferred it that way. And they sort of came to that understanding. And I think, Jesse and Celine are two different people that have not come to that understanding. Does that make any sense to you? Yeah, I think that makes sense to me. Like, um, they're kind of trapped in that ideal, like everlasting love sort of fairy tale without sort of, without sort of realizing that life is going to keep going despite it. Yeah, I think the the biggest thing about this movie is neither one of them is wrong and neither one of them is right. True. And but but I think that it doesn't invalidate how you feel when it comes to your own real life. I think that's why I like this movie works so well and like all three of them work so well. Mm-hmm. Is people can literally take so many different things from one movie. Mm-hmm. Because it's it's trying to do so many things and it never commits to one not because it can't but it's because it doesn't want to. Um, and I, I, I think they, 
they do a really smart thing, and I don't know if this was on purpose, because I know they rehearsed the heck out of these movies, and I know that they, like, decide what sounds right and what doesn't for these movies, <clears throat> but they make sure both of them do the same things to each other. Yeah. Oh, you're not a good enough father. Oh, you're mm-hmm. not a good enough mother. Oh, you're, you're too hard on yourself. No, mm-hmm. you're too hard on yourself. Oh, you slept around. No, you slept around. Like, right. there's never one punch that the other one doesn't throw back right at him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the most... The hardest thing about this movie is how they, neither one of them can admit a truth about themselves to each other. Whenever right. they're Whenever they're presented with, like... Um, Whenever he like when he originally presented like you you like you were like you blew these guys at the conference you did this blah 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 she doesn't she doesn't say yes or no she doesn't say anything she moves on to a different topic right mm-hmm. and then she goes you slept with so and so at the book tour he moves he 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 pushes uh, he 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 I mean he bats it away with the absolute confidence of like a professional sports athlete on an amateur field, but with 100% the worst execution of it. Yeah. Because <laughs> she goes, well, I know you You had to have slept with her. And he's like, if you're asking me if I'm committed to us, the answer is yes. I'm like, what? That's not, that's not it. That's baby. not what she asked. That's not what she said. But then, you, then it just comes back to like earlier when he's talking about you know, Hank being 14 and he's like, if I'm not, if, if I miss these years, they're not coming back. And it's kind of, it's kind of crucial, which I kind of agree with. Yeah. Um, I kind of agree with just being the son who was not seen by his biological father from that point on for due to external circumstances. Um, and those, but see, the, the difference between my biological father and Ethan Hawke is Ethan Hawke doesn't. There's 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 recorded proof of Ethan Hawke not wanting to miss that out. I don't have that with my biological father. I don't know how he felt when. I don't know what led him to. You know, I don't know what his actions were because I'm on the other side of that. And I'm not really, I'm not really going to say, I can't really say with any sort of certainty that like he did the wrong thing because I, I I just can't. I was, I was just a kid. Um, but when he's talking about that, Julie Delpy is just trying to shove as many words in this man's mouth as she possibly can. Yeah. But but at, at, when every time he accuses her of something and she like gives a pause, he does the exact same. And, oh sure, yeah. And I and I and I think this movie has a really good tension as it pushes back at each other. And at one moment you're like, well, wait a second, Ethan Hawke's right. And then the other moment you're like, well, wait a second, Julie. <laughs> Julie and you're like back and forth. And I'm like, you know what? I'm tired. I'm, and, at, you, know what, you know what's funny? At the end of this movie, you're tired of them fighting, and they're tired of fighting, and so you're both like, just go back to the first movie, and that's what they do. Like, that that's kind of what they do. Yeah. But, and I think 
ultimately the audience is given or the, I don't want to say given, but the audience is probably in the same sort of point of view as Celine is because she's like, what are you what are you doing? <laughs> what, what are you doing? What are you doing? And then eventually she just sort of gives into the um, into the, you know, into the bit. And and then credits roll. But I don't think the audience is going to give in to the bit at the end of this. They're going to be like, wait, what the hell? Oh, I, I, and I think that, I think the ending of this, we can talk about the ending of this for a minute. Um, okay. I think the ending of this is the biggest, like, what it, what what do you want from this? Sure. Because I know for you, or I don't, I, I'm not going to say I actually know for you, but I'm guessing for you that the end of this, you're like, these two people, after 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 it cuts to black and after they finish this vacation, they separate. I'm of two minds about it. Like I know, because I know what I want for them, and I want them. Like, see this this is where the, uh, this is where uh, this is where I realize the difference between my first marriage. And my marriage now. Mm-hmm. Um, I see Julie, or I see Jesse and Celine doing very similar things to what Deanna and I did, and I don't think they are a team. Like I know that I, I know that they make a they make a, a point of saying that they are not married. Yeah. Um. I feel like that's an idea that could have been explored a little better. Uh, but maybe like, you know, I'm, I'm not the writer here, so I, I can't really anyway. Uh, but especially in the middle part of my marriage with Deanna, I, it didn't looking back. I did not see this at the time. Um, she and I were not on, we were not a team. We were definitely two people. It was almost like we were two people wearing the same jerseys on a sports team. But I don't want to say we didn't have chemistry, but it was just like, there was no sort of supporting each other, you know? And when I sort of knew I was going to marry Reba I had learned that how important that was. Like I had to, I had to go through uh, that with Deanna in order to learn that for not just Reba, but like for if, if for, wh- for whoever I would have been with, I knew that it had. To, I had to be more on a team rather than worrying about where I was going. Yeah, and I see two individuals very concerned about where they're at and where they're going. And they never allow themselves to have the talk as to what are we going to do? It's always what, a, how do I do this? How do like we get uh, Celine talking about her job, her career, uh, 
Jesse talking about his son, his ex-wife. Julie chimes in on, or Jesse, or Celine chimes in on the ex-wife. Rightfully so. Could be wrongly. We don't know enough about that now. We just know what we're given from these two. Um... And I think the only time we ever see them, like, together is when they're talking about their daughters, who are adorable, by the way. I just want to, I do want that, I do want that to be known. I think uh, Nina and Ella are just adorable as hell. Um, and, and... I just think that we never we never get the moment where they they come together and say, "Okay, what are we doing here?" It's always how how do I be how do I be present for Hank? Well, how do I make myself happy in my career? And how do I why am I tearing down my partner the way that I am? That's how it feels to me. And I I know that was a lot. Uh <clears throat> But yeah, I think we never get the we never get the teamwork moment that uh, I have learned to sort of be participant in now. Am I making sense or am I rambling? No, I, <laughs> I, don't don't <laughs> I don't I don't know I, anymore. I, I, it's the thing that I was like I, I, I'm I'm trying to correlate to like my mind, but I think you're making sense. Okay, okay, all right. Um. What, what, what do you got, Jesse? Well, and then I, I have kind of like similar but kind of the opposite side where these people are just exhausted. Yeah. And though they thought they were going to have like a nice break, everything boils over. And I'm like, it's one of those things where when you think you finally have that break and then things just start happening and then you can't stop them from happening. Mm-hmm. At the end, you say things you probably regret. Um say things you meant in the moment but don't mean later on and at the end you're like how do I fix this and it's the idea of let's just pretend right now that this isn't happening and it's not maybe the healthiest way to deal with it because I don't think either of these characters from the first movie are healthy people um, oh 100% 100% but this is the only coping way they know how and this is why they stick together because they're the only ones I think Jesse says this at some point uh, but they're literally the only ones that will put up, put up with each other. Yeah, and and that sometimes people are like, well, that doesn't sound like love. But sometimes like that's the best love you can have is someone who can. Yeah, they might. They, you might have a night like this every once in a while, but mm-hmm. they still are around the next day because they know you. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm looking at some quotes um, from the movie. Um, and you, you have a quote where, where Jesse calls Celine the, the mayor of crazy town. Mm-hmm. But that's, or that's in the middle of the movie. And then near the end of the movie, he goes, if you want love, this is it. This is real life. It's not perfect, but it's real. And that's kind of, I think, the whole point of it is, like, these people act like they don't, like, you thought for, I mean, she says at some point, I don't love you anymore. Yeah, she says that, like, that that's what participates, or participates, precipitates the bit at the very end. Like, um, she says, I don't think I love you anymore, walks out and goes to a cafe. And 
he comes in and does his little. Yeah, and it's the thing. I'm a like, time traveler, so. <laughs> I, I I think though it's the idea that at that moment she may, maybe didn't love him for him. Like the 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 anger took over everything else. Right. But I think at the end she's like, I do I do like this man. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I think I mean I'm with you, but I think what I what I what I love the most about the ending is that they, it seems to me that they are they are just wrapping a very deep wound in some gauze and hoping the bleeding stops. The yeah. reason I the reason I say it that way is because sometimes and I this this doesn't really apply to my current marriage now because it's never really been that way for for Reba and I but we've only been together 5 years. I don't know I don't know what the future I don't know what the future holds for us. Um I hope I hope it's a very long and fruitful one without that idea i would love it to i would love it to never come to that but sometimes when you have to adapt on the fly that's that that kind of seems to be what uh, a long-term relationship is uh or at least sometimes that it feels like that and it all it kind of depends on um who's who's wrapping the wound you know i do like the ambiguousness and because of the ambiguousness i hope another one of these is not made like i know uh i know i think on the before sunset episode we talked about like you know julie delpy being like retired from uh entertainment because she just hated the industry which is valid um, and I know that I think I, I think I read somewhere around that t- around the time of that episode that Ethan Hawke was talking about a fourth film being uh, kicked around uh, with a possible I think possibly a different actor in Celine's place, which I, I I really hope they don't because the. I think the, I think the beauty of of this trilogy is the uncertain future at the end of this one. Yeah, like nothing is nothing nothing is written. Everything is kind of borrowed, and uh, as they say in the brilliant, I think the dinner scene is like the best scene in the movie. Not because of it's everybody at their most congenial, but I think a lot of the a lot of universal truths, at least from my experience of this life are said in that scene. And like, I loved the, the passing through toast the most. Yeah. I think that, I think that was just brilliant. And a lot of it is just, it's like, these are just here and we don't, we don't know tomorrow until it comes. And I, I, I love that about the end of this, about the end of this trilogy. And I, I really hope another one, I, I, Say, don't do it. Link letter, Hawk, Delpy, don't do a fourth one. Just leave this as it is because it's kind of brilliant. All three of them. I feel like I started on one point and ended on another. I apologize. It's okay. Um, let's kind of 
shift into then overall kind of final thoughts because that's the thing about this movie is like there's no straight thought path I think while watching this but I do think I think my I think my last thought about this is there are three there are four relationships in this movie mm-hmm. and we get to experience that that's why like I agree with you the, the dinner scene is uh, probably the best part because you really get to experience all four of them mm-hmm. um but you have uh, the young couple, who yes. is uh, Ethan Hawke and Julie Del- Delphi, uh, in a modern sensibility. But it, yep. th- it's basically them in Before sun- uh, Sunset. Mm-hmm. Um, but they exchange information and are able to talk. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, I guess Before... Sorry, Before Sunrise. I get those movies, the, the names. Um, it's like the Planet of the Apes trilogy. Yeah. Um, and then you have the older married couple... Who I think is um, analog to what those two would be if they were married. Yes. If they had the idea of a marriage together. Because I, th- I think you're right. They don't d- dwell on it long enough or much at all. But I do think there is something underlying this whole thing that one of them... I don't think it's Ethan Hawke. I think it's Julie Delphi, honestly. Her character mm-hmm. wishes they were married. See, I disagree. You think it's the reverse? I think I think Ethan Hawke would prefer, I think Jesse would is the one who wants the marriage but Celine is the only reason I don't think it's him is cuz he, he's already dealt with it. He's already dealt with it but Celine is the the is the chip on the shoulder. I'm I'm not going to let anyone make me a submissive wife. Yeah, but I think I think about when she is cutting the 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 vegetables in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And she's hanging around the married couple. Yeah. And she sees them be mad at each other, but, like, also love each other at the same time. It seems like she's kind of jealous of that. Reverse, where Ethan Hawke's doing this whole time is ogling the young woman. And talking about how great his books are. Um, that's one oh, reason well, I... See, see, now, see, see, now, this is where... This, this is where the perception of it is different. I saw... I heard everybody else talking about Ethan Hawke's books. I didn't hear him talking about them. Fair, yeah, you're right. You're, you're right. But he but he didn't, like, change the subject. It seemed like he was, like, enjoying people talking about it. Oh, I, I see, I also think that's part of, that's inherent to being creative. You have to be a bit narcissistic and enjoy your own press a little bit. Name me, name, I, I, I don't care. I, I, I don't care how honorable any creative is. If they don't like hearing someone talk positively about their work, there. Um, I, I mean, don't worry, don't worry, Jesse. I I realize that long after, uh, free reeling it ends, and you're a successful author, and I say, hey, I really like your book. You're not going to be like Matt. Don't talk about that. Let's talk about something else. <laughs> um, but I, but I also then I think about the older couple, right? And yes. how they're just like happy that they they survived. They're happy that they made it to this point, and now they're on the other side of it, where they know each other so much that there's nothing that they, that can do to change anything anymore. Right. And I think Ethan Hawke and uh, Julie Delpy's character are on that precipice of like, can we make it to that final stretch? Mm-hmm. But, uh, 
that that's my like that's my final thought. I think that's why I think that dinner scene's very good. It's like those you get you before and and a little bit after you get to watch them kind of digest all the different couples' ideas and then present their problems at the same time. And mm-hmm. then the and then the second half of the movie is just unleash everything. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I also like on on that on that note, I also think that they're there's prob it seems like in every relationship there's that moment where the positives of a partner become I don't want to say irrelevant but uh, they become not enough like because when they say too much of a good thing starts to you know it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't work the same way it does once you've had too much of it yeah um, and I think there's that point in a relationship where the positives aren't doing it so all you see are the faults like and there are times there there are times where i know that reba has been this way with me and i know i've probably been this way with her but then we say like what's going on what are we doing we come we have that coming together moment that i really think jesse and celine need but both of them are just I think Jesse is trying to let the beauty of their relationship, you know, be enough. But I also think he's kind of deluded that it is. And uh, Celine is sort of the yang to that yin where all she wants to do is illuminate his faults and forget the the positives and they're both they're both they both haven't gotten to the i forget their what is it stephanos and i forget the 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 wife the older couple i forget the name the name of the wife um but they uh like they have gotten to the well they've gotten to the 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 beauty of this isn't just in the sunshine it's also in the the cloudy skies like the warts and all sort of thing and celine is very stuck on i can't deal with jesse's warts anymore and jesse is he seems to be just like no i I fell in love with her then and it's still the same and but also she's the mayor of crazy town like it, yeah. it's and like they're they're both very much you know trying to be on opposite sides or they're they're they are on opposite sides but um why why are words failing me jesse i'm sorry no, that's okay uh but i think that i think that they haven't gotten to the point where they realize that oh it's not all it's not all sunshine and rainbows sometimes you have to deal with the lesser aspects of a partner and those are all part of the picture as well and and neither of these two can t- can uh reconcile that 
and they're trying very hard in the ways that they are trying to uh, make I think they're both lying to themselves about the aspects of their partner and not being helpful um Another this final is, thought. This, this is this is a tough movie. <laughs> Another final thought. Uh, as a uh-huh. writer, never write uh, the person you find interesting or attractive into your story. It's just gonna bite you in the butt later. There's almost there's almost I trust me. As as a writer, you can take bits and pieces, but never never take an experience that you had in your life fully. And you you expect to hang out with this person in the future? (laughs) Well, I think it's pretty obvious that Jesse did not expect to hang out with this person. True, but not the second one. He did it again. He He did did twice. Yeah. Well, okay, Jesse, you fucked Jesse from the movie, not Jesse, my podcast (laughs) co-host. Jesse from the movie, you fucked up going back to the well again. You fucked up. I like that they that um. When they went, to, when she went to go sign the book, she's like, "I'm not even in this third one." He's like, "You just signed them, please." Yeah. Um, uh, I do. Uh, uh, how do? So, I also like found myself going, "Wait a minute, that's not how it happened." Which is an interesting. Which is an interesting little idea, considering. You know, it's it's a it's a movie referencing it's a mo- it's the third movie in a trilogy and it's referencing almost on a meta layer. It's other movies. It's not like you know, Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, Indiana Jones, where it's just a continuation of the characters. Um, because uh, Celine is like, well, the 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 second book neglects to tell you that uh, Jesse was married. I'm like, but he said that in the second movie. Did he fuck up the second? He must have fucked up that second book. I'm just saying. Oh, I, well, that's the thing. Like he, and I think they've talked. To, uh, I think like it's mentioned is he basically. Um. He basically makes it so he looks really great in those books, and she doesn't. Yeah, probably. Um. But yeah, let's uh let's talk about let's uh. Let's talk, let's about, talk about something else. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about, wait, let, before we talk about what we've been watching, because we've only been watching a little bit of stuff since it's been only a week. Um, what are we watching next, Matthew? You get to pick the next two. Oh, that I pick shit. These two, so. Oh, God. Um, oh, crap. Yeah, let's do this at the end. I'm, I'm going okay. to think on but it. You, think, uh, you but, think. So you tell me what you're watching. Let's talk about The Northman for a second. Let's talk about The Northman. Um, me and Matthew both have seen The Northman. Uh, yes. This is the next... Uh, is it Robert Eggers? Yes. Uh, his last movie since The Lighthouse, and he did The the Witch, or mm-hmm. as some people pronounce it, The Vivitch. Um, yeah, which I still need to watch. Very good. Um, yeah, this movie, it, it, I mean, it's it's Omelette, the original story that Hamlet is based off of, and everything else that Hamlet is now technically based off of. Um, mm-hmm. It's going back to its Norse roots, but, I mean, it's Hamlet. If you know Hamlet, right. um, this movie's great. Uh, it's it's brutal. 
Um, some people, I saw some reviews saying, oh, it kind of it kind of directed its way from its violence, and I thought it did a balance of showing the violence it needed to and showing the violence that it didn't need to really well. Um, it's like Agreed. when we watched Come and See, and they there's a very similar scene. When we watched Come and See, and they burned down that house full of people. Mm-hmm. Um, same, cause same kind of scene happens here, and guess what? You don't need to see it. You just need to hear it. Yep. Um, and there's very much that kind of violence where you don't you don't need to see it. To, you only need to hear it to really know what's happening and really let it sink into you. Um, I think right. my favorite thing, though, is there's a sense of humor in Robert Eggers' movies that I think is off-putting to some people, and it, it's very much uh, one of my favorite little quirks about him. I'm sorry, say that again. You uh, it's just, it's just, oh, yeah, the, the humor in this movie, like the very small bits of humor in this movie... Um, are very Eggers like uh, the like the, the the fart jokes and the burp jokes in Lighthouse oh, yeah. show up in this again, but mm-hmm. less 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 so. But like when you have a stock fart sound used in a Norse mythology movie, it's just good. Yeah. No. Agreed. <laughs> agreed. Yeah. This um, I spent a lot of time trying to reconcile what this movie really is. And I don't think I've gotten there. Uh, at least, I don't think I've gotten there for me. All I know is, um, very much like when I saw The Lighthouse for the first time, I want to watch it again. And I want to... I'm, it's one. It's one of those pieces of art that makes me want to read a whole bunch and then come back after I've read and see what I notice. I don't know what I would read for the Northmen per se, but um, I enjoyed the absolute shit out of this movie. Uh, try, trying to read critical analysis after has been uh, eh, not worth a it. T- it's been a time, and I'm not sure I any of that time was well spent. Um, so just like any, I mean, someone who likes to do that for what I, for a reason I can't even explain anymore. Just for some reason, I just like to, I, I like to read opinions, not to reconcile my own or anything, but I do like to hear what people or to hear or read what pe what people might think about a thing. Um, I think watch this, examine it for your own thoughts and then if you if you get to a place where you're happy with your thoughts on this you're good (laughs) you're good um uh have you watched anything else yeah um let me see oh what else did i watch i i definitely did watch other things i'm just trying to I watched Rumblefish. Oh, what'd you think of Rumblefish? What a weird movie. <laughs> yeah. A good one, but it's very weird. It's very... Yeah, it's, that's that's Co- I, Coppola, right? Yeah, it's Coppola. When I went into it, I'm like, this is a Coppola movie? <laughs> I yeah. forget Coppola made some weird movies. Oh, yeah. He's done, he, he's, he's gone He's gone some places. Um, I also watched sure. uh, Paddington Bear, the first one. Okay. That movie is a gem. Yes. Um, I've seen the first one, not the second one. Yeah, I haven't seen the second one either, but that movie movie is a gem. Yes, it is. 
and then I watched uh, the shooter or the the sh- is it the shooting um, is a 1966 movie a western starring one Nick uh, I almost said Nicholas Cage what's wrong I, I was uh, like wait a minute what Jack Nicholson <laughs> okay yeah Monty Hellman yeah yeah that movie is good I think as one of the better endings of a western that I really enjoyed mm-hmm. um it's a little slow, but yeah, that's that's all I was, that's all I've been able to squeeze in in this last week. Okay. Well, have you been watching? Oh, I've, and I've been watching TV shows, but that's besides the point. Um. So I'm I'm all I've I'm all the way caught up on, um, Winning Time. Um, I think there are two more episodes to come out in this season. Uh, one will come out this Sunday, and one will come out the following Sunday. So I'm going to finish that. But in the meantime, I did watch a couple of sports documentaries because I do like I I, I do like I do like the sports. Uh, I watched one called A Courtship of Rivals, which is from I think 2010, but it's about uh, the um, rivalry slash friendship of my favorite basketball player of all time, Magic Johnson and Larry Bird. Uh, I do like that story. Um, I do like their effect on the NBA, and I probably wouldn't like basketball near as much as I have without them. Uh, I think that their rivalry, when it showed up, like I would get this context way later than when it actually happened because they showed up in the NBA in 1979, and I was born in 1979, so uh, I didn't really get that context till way later but i think it's a it's an interesting story and it, it's a cool thing to watch unravel and because i'm a i i grew up watching the showtime lakers i watched a minor it's called a minority of one it's a documentary on the career of kareem abdul jabbar who probably is the, the, the single greatest center in the history of the NBA. Um, and uh, I I always knew he was sort of a complex character in terms of the sporting landscape. Uh, I knew he, he faced a lot of, you know, uh, racism. Uh, apart from being a black man who's really good at a sport in the 1960s, but when he changed, when he converted to Islam and changed his name to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar from Lou Alcindor, uh, it was right for the picking. You know, very similar to what was what Muhammad Ali went through, uh, and uh, that, in terms of just learning about a person, I think that's a really good documentary to watch. Reba and I also started watching on HBO Max Our Flag Means Death. Oh, there you go. Good show. This this show. I've only watched two episodes, but holy shit, this show is special. <laughs> like right out the gate. Uh it is pretty funny listening to a captain of a supposed pirate ship talk about, you know, making sure everyone's needs are met. <laughs> and and um, 
<laughs> like she's going and my wife's a psychotherapist so she's always saying like huh <laughs> i've i've been in that situation i go did you say it that way she's like no <laughs> that's not how therapy that's not how a therapist operates but this is hilarious to watch the, um, um, the second episode is the shipwreck right yeah yeah it's <laughs> and oh man uh and the, <laughs> when the guys are going can i torture the hostages like no, is that, a, that's, is that vacation for me? That's that's not really vacation. That's not really a vacation sort of move. He's like, yeah, but torturing really relaxes me. He's like, I think just take him on a walk, air him out. They stink. <laughs> this fucking show already, uh, and I love the fact that this pirate captain is the manager from Flight at the Concords. That just makes me happy. Uh, if you've never watched uh, that show, watch the first season. The second season, I don't think is very good. Um, but uh, Flight of the Concords is really is. There's some funny skits there. I think I figured out what I want us to watch. Yep, go for it, Jesse. Uh, it's from 1954. It is Japanese. We're going back it to the is, well. It is not directed by Akira Kurosawa. But it is directed by Ishiro Honda. I'm talking about the original Godzilla. Oh, okay. I've, I've seen it. I guess I'll watch that again. Because I have not seen that. I'm looking at uh, on the on Criterion Channel, which I don't know if this is on HBO Max. Um, if it's on Criterion, I'm good. Yeah, That's more, on HBO than, Max. Oh, okay, good. Um, so, well, I'm just, if anybody would like to watch along um there is a playlist called uh godzilla the showa era films 1954 to 1975 it's amazing how many of these i've actually seen but not the original godzilla <laughs> like like i've seen mothra versus godzilla i've seen the terror of mecha godzilla godzilla versus megalon godzilla versus gigan like I, i've seen so many of these i i've seen destroy all monsters and Ibira Horror of the Deep, but I've not seen the original Godzilla. So, in two weeks, let's watch the let's let's talk about the original Godzilla. I feel like this will bro- probably break up a bit of tension, considering we've done some we've done some heavy shit the past few episodes. Very true. Um, um so you can find this. Actually, no, Matthew, where can they find you first? Let's do you first. Uh, you. You can find me at infinite underscore rewind everywhere I'd like to be. Uh, I also co-host some other shows. One is called Story Route Zero, where three friends and I talk about video games for a while. We mainly stick to what we're playing, um, possibly some news. I also host a or co-host a show called Trivial Merit with Jesse's and my friend Caroline. She and I make eight song playlists with the goal of making both ourselves and anybody that might listen feel better. Um, so it'll be eight songs of a particular artist or style moving from a negative headspace to a positive one, the extremes of which are decided by dice rolls. And then uh, you can also catch me on the Bald Gun Guy podcast which is uh, a replay 
podcast uh, of the modern trilogy of Hitman games. We're in the middle of Hitman 2. We're about to record the Mumbai episode, uh, which is we, we try and do it once a month, um, but we also have to go on everybody's schedule. So, but yeah, that, that's where you can, that's where you can find me. Um, you can find me everywhere at Sleep Over the Bed. I have a comic book show that I do currently until sometime next month called Why Comics. You can find that at Why Comics Pod. You can also find this show on Twitter at FreeReelingIt. You can email us at FreeReelingIt at gmail.com. If you have any thoughts about movies we should watch, thoughts about movies we've talked about, you just want to talk about things to us. Or you want to send us more spam. That's fine. Um, yeah, I'll take spam. Yeah, spam's fine. Um, Matthew, who does the theme of our show? Uh, my buddy Jason, he goes by Deadeye, all caps, D-E-A-D-I. You can find his uh, debut album called Bloodshed Kingdom on Spotify and Bandcamp, as well as I think it's available everywhere in terms of like streaming. Uh, um, <clears throat> uh, Jason was also part of a duo called the hope street steppers in 2013 they released an album called black lightning it's one of the best reggae albums i've ever heard i'm not saying that because they're because jason is a friend of mine i'm saying that because i actually believe it jason rules you should listen to his music he's also a pretty solid dude and i want to do a quick shout out to him because he just finished uh he just finished up his final class in nursing school uh, he's about to embark into that career. So, congratulations, Jay. Love you, man. Um, yeah, thank you guys for listening to this show. Thank you for listening to us talk about sad, sad things for the last few weeks. Um, yeah, well, sad and heavy. <laughs> yeah. Um, honestly, I feel like this is what leads to Bruce Wayne's parents getting shot in the alley because they couldn't reconcile their marriage, and uh, this is how we get Batman as the before trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, bye everybody so, Ethan Hawke for the next Batman cool Yo, got okay, it okay okay actually I'm not gonna stop recording it he's voicing Batman in, in the DC like a monster truck show I don't know where I'm from uh, but I'm very hairy <laughs> <laughs> I'm a hairy vengeance <laughs> Coming soon from Arkville Press. This is the story of the last city. It has outlived the world that it was born into, and it has outlived all its siblings. This is the story of the last city, a ruin built on ruins where death is a luxury few can afford. This is the story of the last city, of those who wander within and those who are crushed by its weight. This is the story of the last city, and this is how it died. The Tower Through the Trees by Sean Dillon, coming March 29th, 2022.